Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. This is our second hour of our show. We do a two-hour day right here on SportsGrid from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. If you missed the first hour of the show, just go back and catch it on demand. Joe and I touched on several topics, one of which included the signing of Frank Gore by the New York Jets. And Joe, uh, I think that we could agree that that definitely put somewhat of a monkey wrench into some fantasy projections because you never quite know how much Frank Gore is going to be a part of the game plan and it's something that we'll just have to continue to watch as time goes on. Yeah, if you aren't sour on Le'Veon Bell yet, you're sour now. It's definitely happened, and it's very frustrating. I hate it. It makes me bad. Uh, and uh, Adam Gase, uh, just just incredibly frustrating. I mean, I guess, I guess I'd be more frustrated if I was a Jets fan. Luckily, I am not. I somehow dodged that in my life. Thank goodness, even though I still have the albatross of the Mets, I don't have the albatross around my neck of the Jets. I don't know how those people do it. The Mets, Jets, Nick fan that lives in the tri-state area. Oh. Craig, there's got to be a 12-step program or something for us, uh, for those people. Not us. Not Sorry, not us. I am not one of them. Somebody, though. Somebody has to set up something for those poor folks. They have to, for sure. By the way, I know that you've mentioned, before we go any further, that I know that you are a cook. I'm not familiar with yeah. your your habits, like what you like to cook. Would, would you? I asked this question to uh, Ranieri here recently. He's you never gives oh, me. Oh man, he never, he never gives I'm me. I'm terrified about whatever Joe's answer is after that yeah, last it's, Star Wars. It's thing. never okay. a straight answer. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's sure. talking for two minutes and then I have to ask him again. So I'll ask you the same thing. Like, what is your go-to meal of choice during the pandemic? Like, what has it been in the last almost two months? Maybe something you cook once a week. Maybe it's once every two weeks. Maybe it's every night. I don't know. But I know you have kids, so you're cooking for them as well. But what what is it that has, it's a two-pronged yeah, answer for you. Number okay. one, I've been challenging myself to make more Asian-style dishes. Actually, tonight, uh, you know, later on, I'm going to have that planned actually for dinner. So I'm, uh, you know, because right now my favorite Chinese food place is not open. So I'm challenging myself with the Asian, the ginger and the, and the spices and the different things okay. to kind of go that route. So I'm trying to get better cooking that. I don't want to cook it anymore. I'd like to order out Chinese food, but I, I feel like the go-to, and this is probably just the Italian thing, is yeah. you know the Sunday the kids want meatballs and sauce, and and you know we could still get that going, obviously. And sure. uh, the best thing about that is you can put it up there on Sunday. You can go play outside with the kids all day. You cook for an hour or two in the morning, and it's just there, and then just throw the water in and you, and you eat. But um, but we've we've I I gotta be honest with you, we haven't gotten takeout here in this house in two months. I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just being overly cautious. We haven't done it once either, Joe. I'm finally breaking down on Thursday, and I said, look, it's it's things are starting to lighten up. What's the one thing you miss? They want Frosties. They want Frosties from Wendy's. Wendy's, really? I said, all right, I'm game for that. I will do the drive through for you. We'll get some burgers. We'll get some nuggets. We'll get some Frosties. And uh, I, I think that's, that's the way to go because I think after two months here – I think it's time, Craig. I, really- I, I had I had stone crabs one time. That's it. it was, my birthday was back in April, so it was the only time I had, and that's it. it has yeah, not I mean, every, my wife has cooked. I mean, if it's been fifty nights, forty. Yeah, I, I went to the uh, right before the pandemic. I went to uh, when the lockdown really happened. I went to the local Italian place, and they make some outstanding stuff. And I did take in some things from that. You knew it was going down. No <laughs> delivery, none of those. Oh, I knew. I was like, hey, let me go stock up. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. 
but I'll tell you what, man, it, it's it's crazy because at a certain point, it's we are going to have to start reintroducing ourselves to these of things and, and get normal again. So what you know, I I, I don't know though ways. how normal we ever will be. I think that a lot of us have figured out ways to adjust, mm. and I know that that's not necessarily some good of these news. adjustments are better. Can I say that? Like, you know, every night I'm reading to my kids. Every night we're of, doing. Of a, course, uh, I think there's been a time with pauses. Yeah, but I think it's a the pause button we've hit on life. Has been has been healthy, I think, for everybody. I think everyone's been on that hamster wheel for a while, and everybody kind of, you know, getting it's checked. Definitely. I think every ten years, twenty years, you got to get checked about those. Not things. like not with people getting killed, though. You I mean, don't want preference. people to get killed, but unfortunately, I feel like that's that's what it's taken, and it sucks that it takes that for everybody to remember what's really important. And you know, I, I'll tell you what, I just went out for a walk before the show. I, I everybody, when you walk past people across the street, everyone's waving to you. That wasn't like that six months ago. Everyone's just to themselves, locked in their headphones, everything else. Everyone's, hi, how are you? What's going on? It's crazy. It's like the 50s That's again. because you're on Fantasy Sports Today. It has nothing to do with it's anything true. else. true. It's probably that newfound, or should I say refound fame. Refound. Working, refound. Re- That's hard to say, refound frame. Re- I can't even say it. Re- refound Got it out fame. There. It's a Scooby-Doo word. Refound fame. It's very, very. All right, we're too far off the grid. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Getting back to uh, our discussion here, we talked about Frank Gore a little bit. Gore was a member of the Buffalo Bills last year. Let's take a look at their odds for 2020, and here they are. Uh, Buffalo's season win total is set at 8.5 with zero value of betting the over. It's minus 160, so I suppose in a month or two this could be 9. But for right now, you got to lay 160 to win 100 on the over. The under 8.5 is plus 135, so if you think the Bills are a little bit overrated, you could certainly go that route. Their odds to win the AFC East are plus 130. The only team with better odds is the Patriots at plus 105. And their odds to win the AFC Championship don't give you really particularly a lot of value here at 13 to 1. And so, Joe, the Buffalo Bills are immediately like the darling of the NFL at this point because as they see the Patriots starting to fall, and there's no question they are, I would guess, are not going to be as good as they were last year. Everyone is willing to just sort of crown Buffalo as as the next team to come. Now, I would say that if there were odds for me to pick the Bills to win uh, nine games and make the playoffs, I'd be there with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I could go AFC East. I don't know that I could go AFC Championship. But given the nature of what, the way the playoffs now, where basically eight and nine wins gets you in, I think Buffalo's got a really good shot at that. I, I suppose we'll find out. It's on that team in particular, I think, about the quarterback. You know their defense is going to be good. So it's just about is Allen going to be able to hit Diggs when he's running 50 yards down the field? Because I think those were the things that he struggled with a little bit last year. Yeah, and also Josh Allen staying healthy. That's the big thing. I will say this about the Patriots. They're building quite the RPO defense. It's kind of what they're doing right now. And they are younger, they're getting younger, and they're getting more athletic. It'll be fascinating to watch because the defense was very good already to begin with last year. Um, I, I look at this and I, I think, again, it's Buffalo's division to lose. You're not really enticed to do it here from these betting lines, though, to go with these things. To win the East at 130, I don't want to say it's a lock, but defensively, Buffalo is an outstanding team. And even two years ago, defensively, they were a very good team, very under the radar, had a lot of problems on offense. Then Josh Allen came in. Things got very exciting. They had a good little run there. He was fun to watch. And last year, things really came together. Uh, I still have high expectations for Singletary. I love the addition of Diggs here. Uh, but there's still some development to happen here with Josh Allen. Also in the AFC Championship game, staying away from that. I, I think that would just that would be asking a ton because I do not think this team is in the same class 
as the Ravens or the Chiefs. And that that's just something you kind of keep. Even at 13 to 1, I don't think I can get behind that. But to win the East, I mean, I don't know, man. I it seems like even when you look at it, they should handle the Jets, they should handle the Dolphins. Even if they split with the Pats, it's really tough for them not to win that division. Yeah, I think that if you feel that the Bills are going to be really good, why don't you just get their line at nine instead of eight and a half when yeah. and make it about minus 110 or, or even that's money. That's exactly what I would do. Right? You and then a nine, you need to get 10 wins. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's a lot. But I, th- I it's think that... doable. The- Look, even if, even if you... Let's say let's say they beat the Jets twice, which I think they will. The Jets roster is not good. It is not a right. good roster. Oh, we know that. Uh, let's say you split with the Patriots. That's three wins. Let's say you split with the Dolphins. That's four right there. You got to win six more games, right? You know, you, can you win four more home games? Of course you can. And, and Buffalo, as you get, you know, towards November, December becomes a tougher place to play. Uh, I think that Buffalo really is in a good spot. I think the only way they lose this division is if Josh Allen gets hurt. I really do. I, I think it's just, it's asking a ton for Jarrett Stidham to go in there. And, and as, even though I think they're going to be respectable, I don't think they're going to win this division. Maybe they're a wild card team. It's possible. Stranger things have happened, but man, I, I don't know. It's it's Buffalo's division to lose, and it's more based on the defense than than even the pieces they've added over the last couple of years offensively. That sure. defense, that secondary specifically, I think is one of the best in the league. Yeah, uh, I really I would lean toward if I could get an over uh, over nine. That's probably the way. I, I agree. I, I think that's exactly what you lost. You yep. No value for me on the on the others. Because, again, you know, Patriots and Bills, let's say they both have nine or ten wins. They tie. It comes down to some tiebreaker. And then you're not really – it's more of a dart throw than it is a, than it is a legitimate uh, part of analysis. But uh, Buffalo plus 130 to win the division, so we'll see. Uh, okay, now moving over to the other team that we're going to discuss today. We go from the Bills to the Chicago Bears. Their season win total is sitting at eight, so down from where it was last year. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 115. Their odds to win the NFC North, they are clearly not the favorite and not the second favorite either. They're at plus 320, so three to one odds there. You risk 100, you win 300. And their odds to win the NFC Championship would seem to be bleak. Regardless of that, Joe, it is 20 to one. So 100 bucks gets you 2,000 bucks. Not a bad bet there if it comes in, but. You know, I don't know no, which it's, Bears. It's a bad bet, Frank. It's a, it's a bad bet. No. I, I don't know which Bears team to expect this year. I really, you know, two years ago, they looked great. I liked some of their offensive weapons. They drafted Montgomery and Anthony Miller's there. and But the coaching just looks really suspect. And their draft, I didn't love their draft either. And No, this is, this is it's, easy it's, money I, on I the under. I don't know. I just, I think that this is right where it should be. I think eight uh, is the number. There are 500. Uh, I think the wheels fall off. That's what I think. I think if you thought it was ugly last year, just wait. I think it's going to get worse. I really do. Because nothing kind of stirs the pot and can disintegrate a locker room more like a quarterback controversy. And you're going to have one. You're going to have you're going to have Trubisky, you know, try to get pushed. And then if he fails, then you see Foles. And if Foles goes down with yet another injury, as we've seen him do time and time again, then you're going to end up with Trubisky back in there. And then maybe he has a, a good game. And then right. Foles wants to come back. It's It's going to just be a mess. And it's a shame why'd they, because why they sign Foles of all people to Well, I, I was just talking about this the other day, and I'll pose the same question to you, Craig. Do you think they have buyer's remorse here with Foles when Andy Dalton several weeks later do. got released? Of course right? they do. That's the point. Now I guess I guess you also have to think, did Andy Dalton want to go to the to, to the Bears? Maybe, maybe so, maybe but not. I would have I would have went hard after uh Winston or even Cam Newton. 
Oh, 100%. Winston in that offense would be fascinating. Just from the sense of, of – I mean, isn't getting... that what Nagy wants? Like some guy who could That's throw. exactly what I would think Nagy wants. And Trubisky hasn't, hasn't – I'm worried done. about Foles after what I – Last year, Foles, Let me to tell me, you. You looked more inept. He looked so bad last I year. I did a – I did – I went back to the game log of Foles when he had that – I don't that even run. want to go back there. Listen, no, no, the the run, the, oh, my God, Cinderella. Oh, before Cinderella. that, yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let me tell you, he wasn't that good. He had one good game, and if you look at that, the rest of the stats were really mediocre – too bad. But he had Super one Bowl really was... good game. He played well in the Super Bowl, yes, but it was not enough to say, "Oh my God, Nick Foles, he's going. He, he's a guy that we can go and, and get behind." And in a quarterback market too, where Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and you knew at it. some point, at some point, Andy Dalton was going to be available or out there. I can understand not wanting to trade draft picks or whatever for him. I get yeah. that. I think the Bears are going to be an under. I think this is easy money here, even though mine is one fifteen. I think this could be a three or four win team. That's how bad I think it could get for Chicago. That would be bad for the Bears for sure. All right, uh, coming up next, it's time for our historic stadium and player tour. We'll hit on a basketball and baseball place that's coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia, we're back in two minutes. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia, back with you here, staying on the grid. Get on the grid for those of you who are following us on Twitter, at SportsGrid. That's the spot to be. Every single day, 11 to 1, we are here on FST. And, uh, Joe, we're going to dive into some historical data, some historical information with you here on the show as we kind of press on a little bit. Did you make any suggestions for today? I think that... I think that uh, I, I did we went with our own today. Yeah. today. You went with your own today. Brett did a great job by sending me the list. Mm-hmm. It was a double dip show uh, today. It was a very busy day, but uh, so so yes, uh, I, I will be contributing to these. I'm going to look over the list this evening. We're running so, out. We're really running I, out. I, I can tell you. I, I think we're going to go with one a day from here on out. That's fine. I think that's fair. We could do one a day, or maybe we change it up. Maybe we do something else. Maybe we highlight. We cannot uh, do anything else. No. I think we can. I know you love structure. But we could change the structure. We could bring it a new structure if you we want. Could, no, we definitely could change it up. Absolutely. I'll give you some Legos. I, we, we talked about Legos in the first Legos hour. Legos and Egos. Legos, Legos and Egos, baby. There you go. That's our new show. Legos and Egos with Misha Pizzapia. I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some new new stuff for you guys here. But uh, from, I, I think we've, I mean, we literally could put together shows and shows of all the places that we've done. So. A little bit later, we'll do some baseball. We'll start off with some basketball on today's show. And interestingly enough, we're going to dive into a team, Joe, that is essentially no longer around anymore. And it is weird because the Seattle Supersonics, as we take a look at them, uh, of course, played in Key Arena, opened up in 1967 and won an NBA championship a little bit later on. Joe, how did this happen? Like, (laughs) like, I'm, I'm thinking back now, and I know that Seattle left and... They went to Oklahoma City and took their Westbrook and Durant with them. 
But why does Seattle not have an NBA team? What am I, what am I missing here? Did they not do well there, or they didn't want to build a new arena there, or something? Like what? what I mean, I, I don't know. Right? I mean, it's really frustrating because you, you just mentioned two great players that they had at the time. So you're leaving. You know, sometimes when organizations leave, they're kind of bereft of talent, and nobody's going. I mean, I, I don't think that was the case there. You had Westbrook and Durant. You had two really good players there, and uh, and then Harden right after that. I mean, and then you look at some other cities that have NBA franchises, you kind of scratch your head, but Seattle doesn't have one. I mean, it's kind of like, why doesn't San Diego have a football team right now? It's, I know we talked about yesterday. It pisses me off. I mean, San Diego is a major city in this country. It should have an NFL team. Uh, I, I don't understand why Seattle has a football team, has a baseball team, but no NBA. Maybe that will change at some point in time. I don't know if they're going to expand ever again. I hope not, but um, it is kind of a strange thing. Uh, you also, the, the idea of the Supersonics is just kind of fun. Is there a more 70s sounding team name than the Supersonics? I mean, if that Do you remember who sang that song, Supersonic? Supersonic. Oh, you know, my God. You know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know. Could you sing it for me? I, I, I'm trying to remember. Seriously? Yeah, I, I, I'd like you to sing it for me, Craig. Supersonic. <laughs> The most I could get out of The S is for super, and the U is for unique. The I, P I, is for perfection, and you go. know that we are freaks. The E is for exotic, and the R is for raps. So, stel, uh, so tell those nosy people just to stay the you-know-what back. Super Sonic. I, I do not know who sang that, but I'm so glad. Are you aware you of the song? I, now that you sang it, I am. Uh, JJ but I, Fad. JJ, you, uh, Brett, please tell me you got all of that, and we can replay that at a later time. Because that was what we call in the business gold right there. Oh, that, that, was that is great. No, but I mean, seriously, I mean, it reeks of bell bottoms and like weird 70s music. You know, when I think of 70s things, I think of like the Astrodome. I think of the Supersonics. I think of things like that where everything sounded spacey and like, whoa, the world is so weird and space age. And you look back on it, it was just really about AstroTurf and the moon landing <laughs> it was it's kind of kind of weird times that's for sure yeah joe all right uh you'll put down the drugs I'll put down here. the 70s i mean all right, hey so, uh, i would uh, wish i was more alive than i was now let's go alive. to the iconic players for seattle and our list is short and sweet now gary payton is a hall of famer so i gotta put him right at yes. the top the glove never ended up winning a championship with seattle and did did Seattle play Boston or uh, Chicago in the finals? They did, right? Once. Uh, they they did. Uh, that was uh, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and Detlef Schrempf. They didn't that, win that team. Right? Yeah. 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 No Detlef Schrempf here. Is is am I crazy? Uh, I think Indiana. He made his hay with a lot of. But didn't he know? play on that Supersonic team that made the Put finals? Yeah, I'm I, I don't have him in my top five. I remember him and Dennis Rodman going at it in in that in one of those finals but yeah that was i'll, I'll have to reevaluate my <laughs> omission here it's just a shot. fun name to say we just really don't get to say dead left shrimp very much i got peyton i got kemp i got jack sigma dale ellis dale ellis was a great shooter Slick very shooter. underrated shooter yeah and then spencer haywood made the all-star team for seattle in the 70s four straight years in a row i mean that's, that's yeah gotta put him in there too. I, I look i'm not a I don't have huge awareness of who Spencer Haywood was, but you know, you look at I, I got to make sure that I put a guy in there that went went to four All Star games. Well, I, I can won say a championship with them too. Being the the absolute just super fan in the '90s of an NBA, uh, Gary Payton and Sean Camp, one of my favorite NBA Jam duos in the arcade. 
Love those two guys because Gary Payton could, you know, Gary Payton had the little dribble going, a little crossover going. He was able to, to shoot the three. And then, of course, you had Sean Kemp doing all the crazy dunks. Right. Loved that duo. You know, Sean Kemp was a super talented guy. Really I know was. he got distracted by a lot of off-the-court stuff. He had a lot of kids. And a he lot gained of, a lot of weight. Yeah. In a lot of weight, had a lot of issues. But, you know, when he was right, Sean Kemp was, was a dominant player. He was a great man. player. And, and Gary Payton, you know, one of the great point guards in the NBA historically. I mean, just look at where he ranks in a lot of those things. I mean, it, it's steals. It's, yeah. yeah. Oh, just a terrific two-way player. And uh, he won know, the championship with the Heat. That's right. That is right. Gary Payton, yeah. Sean Kemp. When I when I think of the Supersonics, that's what I think of for sure. But uh, and I think of terrible uniforms too. Those uniforms sucked. Let's be honest. Those ugly uniforms with that with that green and the weird slash coming around there. There were some bad uniforms. You gotta in the get 90s. a team back there, though. It doesn't make sense. Well, what would you Great call? Great city. Them? What would you call them? Oh, they'll be the Sonics again. Nah, I don't. What think do you mean, Charlotte that. Hornets? Didn't they? I don't like go? when that. Do you like when that happens? Do you like when a team leaves and then comes back with the same name? I mean, what, Cleveland Browns. What happened with it. Charlotte? The Charlotte had the Hornets, and then they went to New Orleans, right? Right. And and now Charlotte has another team, right? Yes. And at one point in time, uh, the Jazz moved to Utah, which is funny because. Right, but what like are the music. Charlotte right now? Is the Charlotte Hornets or Bobcats? I'm confused. I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll have to defer to to, what, to why on that. Mine not working. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the Hornets, no, it's right? Hornets. So what was the Bobcats? Wasn't there a Bobcats involved yeah, somewhere? There are Bobcats. He's he's frantically typing because uh, Brett, our producer, is a huge NBA guy. He's frantic. Yes. Yeah. When they came back, they were the Bobcats, and then they became the Hornets again. See, you were right both times. Rebranded. I was right. I was right in the first place. Yeah. All right. So uh, from basketball, let's move over. Uh, Any NBA? uh, By the way, any Sonics? I left off my list here. You said Shrimp. Uh, You have Sam Perkins, or or maybe Brett. I do have Ray Allen in here from early Ray Allen days. Yeah, he played Milwaukee. Played a lot with Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, Shard Lewis, he should have been really good. the NBA didn't work Should out. Should have, so yeah. And they're no, but I, I think I think you hit the list. I, I think it's unfortunately okay. it's a short list, and maybe that's why there's no yeah, team. Why they moved. <laughs> See that? <laughs> okay, let's move over to a little baseball. We're going to go with the middle era of the Atlanta Braves. So this is after Dale Murphy and Hank Aaron, and before Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies. Okay, so this is the Turner mm-hmm. Field era. Yes. 1996 through 2017, the home of the Atlanta Braves. They won uh, They won a World Series. He did, oh, 95, uh, 95, they won the World Series. So no, correct. they never won one. No, Turner they Field. never won in Turner oh. Field. That is correct. Mm-hmm. 96 a lot of Olympics. playoff games. A lot of playoff games, though. <laughs> and Georgia That's State sure. plays there. Yeah. Iconic players uh, for the Atlanta Braves. Before we get to that, Joe, uh, we all kind of grew up on the Atlanta Braves. So before they made that move from Fulton County Stadium to Turner Field, that was always my go-to, was watching the Braves on TBS. How about you? Yeah, well, yeah, TBS, the Superstation, right? Well, there's a theme here from Supersonics to Superstation. You see what you did? You didn't even realize you did it. You're so good. You're so good, Mish. Uh, but, you know, you're right. This is a... Uh, this was the pink, the pinnacle, the peak of Atlanta Brave, the the tomahawk chop, the whole deal. This is when that team became the juggernaut. You know, post World Series, we're flying high, we're going to be a dynasty, and they kind of were, but really they only won the one title. And uh, I'll tell you, of all the stadiums too, this was one I actually hated to watch games there, and it's not because of the Braves. 
it's because of the shadows on the field. Do you remember how they, maybe because it wasn't built for baseball alone at the time, but they were these terrible shadows that like, you know, in the infield of the players. And it really threw me off. I just, I don't know. It was something about that. I always found it very hard to watch games there because of the weird shadows on the field from the lights and the way it was structured in terms of the lighting. And you don't see that nowadays in in games and stadiums at all. There's like no shadows on the field hardly at all. But on that particular diamond, I just found it really difficult to watch. I will definitely agree with you there. I was never a big fan of Turner Field. And the new building is supposedly great. I haven't been there yet. I haven't been there, no. Uh, Iconic players for the Braves. Of course, Chipper Jones goes at the top. No doubt, Hall of Famer there. Andrew Jones in center field was a great defender, great hitter as well. A shame that his career kind of faded a little bit when he went to the Dodgers. Uh, John Smoltz, Hall of Famer. Glavin, Hall of Famer. Maddox, Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, since then, I mean, I, I think that you could put some other players into the conversation. Freddie Freeman comes to mind, played a lot of years at Turner Field. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, still has some years to play for sure. And then people forgot that there were some other players like uh, Gary Sheffield, who also played on the Braves for a period of time, and uh, who could, of course, forget their great manager who basically managed the entire era here, Bobby Cox. Yeah, one other guy, too, Javi Lopez, when I think of those teams. I definitely think of Javi Lopez. He was that guy, too. I mean, the catcher was kind of a, a rotating guy of whoever Greg Maddox wanted to throw to that day. If it was Charlie O'Brien was his personal catcher one year. Like, every year he had a different personal catcher. It wasn't until Javi Lopez came along that there was like a real catcher that was like, hey, I'm the everyday guy, it's me, and I still think Greg Maddox probably didn't want to throw to him. But yeah, Bobby Cox definitely comes to mind. Gary Sheffield has some good years there as well. Um, Brian Giles and, and Raphael Fercal. Fercal was a terrific shortstop. I loved Raphael Fercal. You know, he kind of, he looked like a prototypical shortstop, had a great arm, hit a little bit too, ran a little bit, but uh, he kind of... You kind of had that swagger, too. When I think of these Braves team, I think of the swagger and the confidence of that pitching staff, the confidence of Chipper Jones, and they kind of felt like the South. You know, like Chipper Jones kind of embodied that Southern kind of like, we're better than you, we're going to come there and kick your ass kind of feel, and I thought that was really cool. I'm a big Chipper Jones fan. Also one of the last great switch hitters. You don't see a lot of switch hitters nowadays in Major League Baseball. That was a huge thing in the 80s into the 90s. Now, now not so much. No, they've gone away. And I think that that's probably a thing of the past, too. Is that Who was your favorite of the Braves pitchers before we hit break? Of those three guys, who was your favorite? Well, I mean, Maddox was the best of them. but That's uh, not what I asked. Who's your favorite? Mine's my smoked. favorite was Tom Glavin because he was the nicest guy. Oh, my least favorite. Couldn't stand Tom Glavin. Look, right. give, give me Smoltz every day of the week. All right, you got it. Saving games, winning games, that's what he does. All right, we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today right here on Sports Grid. Craig Bish, Joe Pizapia. You're on the grid. Stick with us. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Supersonic. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia carrying this ship with you every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. 
And I know that we're all searching for different things to watch on television. I know that what's interesting for me now is that my daughter, uh, who is 13, is now, and she just completed, actually, uh, Joe, the full Office uh, ah. series. She watched from very beginning to very end. And it, it took, like, a month, I feel like. I, like she didn't, like, you know, do five episodes in a day or anything like that. But she ended up completing it. And, uh, I mean, has there been any series that you had to, like, go back and watch from the very beginning? Like, you missed years of it? Game of Thrones was the one that I had to do like that. Uh, go back and watch because I missed years of it? No, but actually my kids and I rewatched Big Bang Theory from the beginning. Uh, over the last couple months, we would kind of just, you know, every now and then just burn a couple of them. And we're into season 11 now, so we only got one more uh, that's season. That's been on 11 years? 12. There's oh one gosh, more. There's one more. It, it just ended. On? No, it just ended last year. Last spring was uh, when it ended, actually. Was it so, a big finale type thing? It was. It was. It was a big deal. It was a very funny show. You know, that was one of those shows that was very funny for a long time. Had a good evolution, too, where you added more characters and it was still pretty good. Like, towards the end, eh, I would say season 11 is uh, 10 you 11. last that long. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, the amount of money. Fun fact about that, too. What the main girl who was uh, cast as Penny the Neighbor was actually yeah. not the original cast. It was another girl cast, and they shot the pilot. And then after they pilot, they tested it. They didn't like it. They went back, reshot it, rewrote it, and recast it with Gailey Cuoco. And could you imagine? The, I mean, you could say, well, it's all about having the right mix of people, and that's why it was successful. But, I mean, as that actor, could you imagine, like, you, you work so hard for your break. You get it on a big show. You're in the pilot. Then they recast you, and that show goes on for 12 years and got it. I mean, it's hard to turn on the TV and that show not on TV. Like yeah, The crazy. ultimate one is, is I think Eric Stoltz was supposed to be in Back to the Future, right? Like they, Oh, uh, that's help. a big one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. The one-off movies though, you know, when you're talking about serious money in the acting world, serious money in the acting world is that serious residual TV money. When you have those kind of deals set up like friends, uh, when they were making, you know, a million dollars an episode together, and then they made a lot of residual money. Same thing with Seinfeld. Those mega sitcoms, Big Bang Theory is another one, where they just go on and on. And it, it's funny, I, I watched The Office, but I had watched the original Ricky Gervais BBC Office, and I was a huge fan of that one. It was so dark, it was so funny, it was so uncomfortable. I think it's a certain sensibility and sense of humor that likes it. Mm -hmm. And I was not able to watch the Steve Carell one, and I love Steve Carell. I couldn't get into it because, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was tainted. And I feel like a lot of people, when they watch the Steve Carell one and then tried to watch the Ricky Gervais original one, they can't do it. It's like the crossover doesn't work. Were you a big Office fan? Yes, very big. Okay. I love that show. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Did you watch Parks and Rec, too? Because I feel like that's I did not watch Parks. Yeah, I did not watch Parks. Yeah, me neither. Tried to watch here and there, and I was like, ah, it's cute, but no, I don't but The know. Office, I thought, was was the sort of Seinfeld of the last, you know, 10 years. Like, it was... It, there's it was not a lot I, of, you know, there's really not a lot enjoyed. of comedies out there right now. There's kind of a void, I feel like. No, there, no, there really isn't. Um, no, no. You know, I wonder what that next great sitcom's coming from, because we always have one. I mean, every, every decade kind of has one, or maybe every five years has one. Sure. You're right. Right now, no Big Bang Theory, no Office. We're kind of... I know Brett says Brockmire... Um, I haven't watched that. It's a I good show. It's good. He's right about that. It's good. I, I don't like live and die for the show, but it is very funny. It's very good. Although I will, I will say the latest season that they have is I didn't, I don't really like this latest season though. Like it's, he's the commissioner of baseball. I, I start, I, I, I couldn't watch it. I, I didn't yeah. think it was as good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's very difficult to, you know, continue to make a show good. I mean, look at Eastbound and Down. Like how great is the first season of that show? 
Second season, okay. Third it, season, I thought only the first season was good. Uh, second season had some moments. But, I mean, I'll tell you what. If you do want to do watch a really, really funny show, Danny McBride in Righteous Gemstones, where it's the I family. I watched some of that. Not all of uh, Oh my god! I thought that was hysterical. That it's I'm looking hard now because it's like all these shows that came on. We don't know if they're going to be back or. That or actually did get renewed for another season. So. What does that, that mean? 2022? Like I mean, uh, right now, anybody no, filming anything right now? A, a show like that, which is very simple setting wise. See, where shows get really complicated and take a long time to shoot, it's the stuff like Game of Thrones, where there's so much CGI and so many like set design things. When you watch the making of Game of Thrones, and you know that there's a guy who his job is just to set the snow. His job is to make sure the snow looks right. That's the kind of show that takes years to make. That's a problem. Like you know, this show. show. Like, like this show. Brett, luckily, is really good about setting the snow. This he actually sets crazy. the clouds what you, behind. He sets up your bobbleheads in the back. The bobbleheads are very strategically aligned. But making sure your clouds are positioned just right, especially because every week your hair grows more and more. I know. It's a hair. very specific thing we have to do here on the show. That's the one thing that'll go probably as soon as this is over. <laughs> well, you you got me back, so you, no matter what, you'll still look better next my to me. My wife, my wife wants me to keep it, but she likes running her fingers I, through the. Luscious I don't. Fingers. I don't enjoy the, the hair getting this long, but I guess it, I, I used to have it this long when I would. Like, I haven't combed my hair since two thousand five, Craig. Wow, has it been that long? It's been that long. I shaved it. We had a we had a special thing called the barbecue at my house, and a good friend of mine at the time, she was pregnant, was her first child, and I said, hey, instead of giving you a baby shower gift, I'm gonna let you shave my head. I had known her for like 20 years. She's like, that is the greatest gift that anyone would ever give me. I let her, and and there it was. And afterwards, I was like, hey, it's not so bad. Look at that. No weird bumps. No weird peak at the top. I'm just gonna roll with this, and here you go. 15 years later, still rocking it. There it is. What's all about? <laughs> so anyway, Joe, I know that uh, we were gonna focus today not just on the office, but on Steve Carell here a little bit, mm-hmm. and I know that he's got at least something that potentially could be worth watching coming out. Yeah, uh, this new show called Space Force, of course on Netflix, because that's why I said, Craig, we gotta take our our documentary. What is this out? Show. Can it be out today? I it, it very well might be, but no, apparently. Uh, he the signed on to do this new series about. Oh, I, I did see the trailer. I that. guess it's like this this Trump esque kind of you know space force kind of kind of group of people. Uh, and I think he's the perfect guy for it. I'm a big fan of Steve Carell. Very funny guy, even for the Daily Show days. So it got me thinking and wondering, Craig, who are some of the athletes over the years that you think might have been from another planet who are just so bizarre, so strange, just just felt like maybe Earth was not necessarily for them. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you why don't you run through it, man? I mean, All I right, I'll run through a couple. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you my the one Who's that your, came okay. to mind when I was younger, very young, mm-hmm. and I I actually I should I should have done a better job about bringing the picture out of it. I I actually have the picture, um, but uh, Al Hrabowski. I don't know if you remember oh, Al Hrabowski. Mad Hungarian, yeah. Yes, yes, Al Hrabowski. I have a picture of me with him with me as a probably 10 year old in spring training of him choking me. <laughs> That's great. He was almost like a wrestling heel. He was like a wrestling character. You he know, was. get up and there then and slam the ball in his glove, turn he's around. He's a broadcaster now for the Cardinals. And so I saw him and I said, listen, tomorrow night when I come to the game, I'm going to bring up my picture that I took with you when I was a kid. And he's like, like, he was cool about it. He's like, oh yeah, you know, just like probably whatever anybody would say. And then when I showed it to him, 
he like flipped out. Like, it, like good? Know. Yes. Like oh, he okay. thought it was hilarious. And he signed. <laughs> he signed in and everything like that. You know what you should have done? You should have had him recreate the photo. You, you know what be... I'll do? Uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully we're looking at it right now. Uh, in in, <laughs> we'll in post production, what I'll do is I'll see if I could get a copy of it so you guys can. Uh, magical, magical photo. Uh, I obviously the spaceman Bill Lee comes to mind. I mean, that guy is absolutely nutty. Very nice guy too. I'm sure very nice, but nutty. And was still pitching up until his 50s in like independent baseball yes, somewhere for yeah. Rhode Island or wherever the hell he was. Um, uh, Mark Fidrich, obviously very, very strange yeah. demeanor on the mound. Another guy. Joaquin Andahar, I always thought was nuts. When I was a kid, I used to watch him. He would like wag his finger at the catcher and do these things and talk to himself on the mound. I always thought Joaquin Andahar was... I. Of all the guys in the 80s and the great pitchers and stuff, that was a guy that, like, I would, if I was a major league hitter, I would feel uneasy with that guy because I just thought he was certifiably crazy. Turk Wendell, nobody had more strange things. He used to eat anchovies before the game. He used to brush his teeth in between innings. That I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the minor leagues, he had all these weird habits. What when is he was the infatuation with anchovies? Like, I, I like, I, people actually, like, a lot of times, well, not a lot. But sometimes I'll get a pizza. They'll be like with or without anchovies. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, or, or no, it's like a salad. I'm sorry, it's the salad. It's the antipasta, right? In the antipasta, okay, yeah, I can understand. That, well, that's never different. anchovies. Never. I don't think I've ever seen a pizza in my life. Or not pizza. Eat a pizza. I'm sorry. No, 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 not pizza. And yeah. the antipasta salad. That's what it yeah. is. Well, gross. But Turk Wendell, when he was a starting pitcher, had all these weird things. Uh, you brush his teeth in between innings. He had all these weird habits, and then he became a reliever. So he cut down on them. I actually did get to meet Turk Wendell once. Great guy, hilarious guy. And you recall this too? He used to wear a uh, a, a necklace around his neck with the teeth of animals that he that had killed. I yes. I mean, that's definitely a guy from a different place. Meta World Peace, another guy. When Ron Artest changes his name to Meta World Peace, I think we can all remember that time he went up into the stands and had the fist fight with the crowd. I mean, that guy definitely on a different uh, planet. Manny Ramirez, I mean. I just read a thing that Manny Ramirez is going to try to play baseball this year at the age of 48. How yeah, about that? Year he does this. I love it. I want him to. I want him to do it. Uh, remember Brian Wilson of, of, course, the, of the, the Giants? Where did he go? I feel retired. like one day he, just stopped. he retired and stopped doing everything. But that was a guy that I felt like kind of he created a persona and a beard and the he whole did. thing. He was out and there then for a while even after, but he shaved. Just, oof. So that was it. He shaved and then he they did no shave power. recently. Yes. Yeah, but like. But he was interesting and weird and fun and he I don't was. know. World and he just champ. like he disappeared. I mean, Dennis Robin people put on there, but you know that's another great two-part documentary series that Dennis Robin won. Have you watched that? I don't know that I have. I'm Listen, sure. if you're into this, if you're into this Bulls one, you must must watch the Dennis Robin thing. It's going to make you see him in a whole other. No, I, I know Dennis very well. He lived wow. very close uh, to me for but, a long but, time. But I mean, the stories the story there. To you. Yeah, I know, but the stories there that I feel like a lot of people didn't know, even people like who might have known him, that that is one to absolutely watch. It, it's like a. Companion. I told you he. I told you he asked me to wash his car, right? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, you did, and and you should have. I hope you did. Uh, Bill Romanowski and Lyle Alzado from the NFL. Those were two guys. That's a great name. Yeah. That I thought were definitely guys who were. I don't know. Maybe not always with us, <laughs> you know. John Matuzak, I mean, remember him too? Yeah, but I, I feel like with the NFL guys, with boxers who had eccentric behaviors, now we recognize CTE and other things at play oh, there. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, I'm sure Romanowski had it, and I'm sure Lyle Alzado definitely did. But you know, I, I think you kind of have to put some of those wacky behaviors of some of those guys kind of off to the side. 
Well, Manny Ramirez, he has no – that's just Manny. Like, Manny is just, you know. He's I out mean, there. He has no I – mean, he's just – he's just, uh, you know, I remember that thing where he, he cut off the, the, the throw that time in left field. It was like a three-way relay, and for some reason, Manny Ramirez decided to pop over and try to stop the ball and catch it. Yes. Oh, Manny, just delightful. Love All right, we'll uh, we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today in uh, a couple of minutes. Don't forget, Joe and I will be right back here for tomorrow's edition of the show. You can catch us every day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on SportsGrid. Also, our website, sportsgrid.com, tells you when all the shows are on and all the good information about the programming that we have. Also, don't forget, later on today, Scott Farrell, Coast to Coast, going to be live, in-game live as well. We'll be right back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you for about the next, oh, 10, 15 minutes or so. Then we'll say so long. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in. How is the, uh, the that Animal Crossing game going for you? Oh, Any updates going, on that? It's going very well. My island is coming along. As I said, you you fish, you you catch things, you catch bugs, you catch... Uh, also, I caught a scorpion last night, and I sold it for $8,000. And, Congratulations! Uh, uh, very, it's very, very important stuff. I, I, it is, you know, it's just funny what we become addicted to in strange periods of time. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's going very well. It's become an addiction. Uh, I and, and I how many hours have you put in on this? Uh, let's just say too many. Let's just say well, too I mean, like you have to many. set a FanDuel line. Uh, I'm saying probably. I'm gonna set. Hold on, hold on. Two hours a day somewhere. Okay, going I was gonna say let me set the let me set it at an hour and a half. A you day. know what I think it is? I think I think some all of us deal with it differently. Like I you know I, I went out today, did the walk, did the whole thing. I think some days you just need different things to kind of recalibrate I your brain. That. And everybody's got different stuff. You know, like at first I was playing that South Park game that was very fun. And then I had gotten the kids this other game at the same time, and I thought, I, oh, that was my game, the South Park game, and I loved it. It's really Park fun. Game? Oh, it's it's the one where they're like the Marvel Universe characters. So it's like the Coonan friends. It's like Eric Cartman and his bad, you know, they're, they're awful superheroes. And, uh, you know, there's like the rival superhero gang. So it's very like Captain America Civil War, but with all the South Park world stuff. So it's more like you're watching it and playing it and you're laughing at the jokes and things like that. So that's been very fun. But uh, have you, you know, dove back into some old gaming things or any habits of yours? Well, well, my son, you know, he wants the PlayStation because MLB The Show is on PlayStation. He he, pl- he plays, uh, he has an Xbox because uh, a year ago, we finally said, all right, fine, we'll get you some sort of gaming, right? Hmm. So he picked the, the gaming and it's Xbox now. Lo and we had no idea he was going to get into baseball as much as he is now between Little League and playing. And now, of course, he wants that. So I heard through the grapevine, now I'm not a gamer, but I heard that there's a new PlayStation coming out, like soon, apparently, like in a month or two. And so I said to him, I'll buy you the PlayStation right now, PlayStation 4. But when PlayStation 5 comes out, if there's some stuff that you can't play on it, I'm not going to buy 4 and 5. And I mm-hmm. will buy him the 4, the 5, in addition to the Xbox that he has now. He's a good boy, does very well at school. 
um, good kid. You know, I'm well, happy, here, to, here's I'm, the I'm deal. happy I mean, to do it. But... The good thing is that if you buy him the game, it will still play on the PS5. That's the good thing. On, no, it, uh, no, game, I'll buy him in a heartbeat. I would have bought it already. It, okay. They don't have it for Xbox. Well, I'm just saying, like, in terms of investment, what you should be doing is looking for a used PS4. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people now looking to unload them. Get the used PS4 for idea. 250 buy in the game, 300 bucks. You're you're helping the kid become a baseball nut. You're going to well, look back is. at this. So. Yeah, but you're going to help foster that. And then when you're 60 and you want to talk to him about that, so you can still have baseball. I already can it. now. He knows about all these guys. Well, I, I don't go. know where he's getting all this from. He's watching YouTube every day. I'm, but, I'm so, telling you right now, you, you, go, you, go, you go on eBay. You go on you know stupid listings. You go get the used used device. Because that's that's all you need right now. You don't need to pay a brand new PS4. And if I'll, it's going well and he likes it, great. Who knows? Maybe he just likes that game and wants to play that game online with his friends. And I don't know when the PS5 is coming out. It might not I gotta look at Christmas. that and get it, get clarity. So that's a long ask. time. There's a lot of time here this not, summer. Is it not soon? They tend to only come out around the holidays. That that would be very weird for it to not be a Christmas thing. Well, I'll keep putting it off like the animal, like the dog. Like, yeah, you'll get a dog eventually. Like, I'm now you like get the, you go, you get the. This, I'm look every day. I'm gonna check in for your son's sake. I'm going to check in. I, I don't know if we, but eventually we will. So we played this RBI baseball. It's clearly not as good Nowhere as near. MLB the Show. It's, it's a joke by comparison. It is really a joke. But but again, it's more arcade-ish, So it was really good for him initially. So he plays that somewhat. He also plays on the on the on his iPad. He plays tap baseball, which is and you can like get player cards and upgrade players. And he's very excited when he gets a player that has like a 90 rating. So he plays that a lot as well. But the one thing that we've done since this has started that we never would have had an opportunity to is we play uh, in the backyard virtually every single day, uh, throw and hit. Like I, I mean. Uh, virtually every day for at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes, up to an hour of me just throwing to him and he's hitting and I got the heavy balls and he's, and he's slugging it and hitting it. And like, just that has been, I mean, I don't know about addiction, but that has been like what we've done primarily. Now we don't have a huge backyard, but it's big enough to where we were able to accomplish that for me personally. Uh, I'm very into not necessarily motivational speeches or or those kind of like videos but i'm into like those entrepreneur videos like how people made it uh ideas that people have uh that they share with you things that could be hot uh, ventures that could be hot investments that could be hot i like to learn and i like to learn a lot before i dive into that and so that's i always consume myself with with that sort of stuff I've I've actually had time to read again too. I've got the hard part is when you when you write and construct multiple books a year like I do, you kind of lose the passion for reading like as a casual thing. It's and I used to always like to read and then you know on vacations too or like you know you read on the plane, you read on the beach, whatever it is. I stopped being able to do that for the last couple of years and actually this has been nice. I've been reading the Harry Potter series to my kids at night. We're almost done with the first book, so like every night we like read a chapter of the Harry Potter series. It's been great. Uh, I've gotten to start reading this great book of uh, letters of Abraham Lincoln, which is great. Which makes you makes you wonder the way he writes and and obviously spoke as well. Why aren't we so much smarter? Like I'm listening to I'm, I'm reading these things and the way he spoke about things and how eloquent and high. And I'm like, all right, this is the 1860s here. 
how did we go to 2020 where we're like, sup, yo? Like, how, how did we how did we disintegrate into that? I, I don't understand how that happened, how some people were smarter in the 1860s, generally speaking. And, and I know it's not, you know, general because education wasn't everywhere. They were educated people right. and then there certainly were not educated people. But man, it just it kind of it, it kind of makes you sad <laughs> in a way, and at the same time reminds you of 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 what great thinkers are capable of, and that's been cool. So being able to have time to read again has been a, a fantastic different thing that I haven't been able to do. But uh, working feverishly on Black Book, you know, talking about video games too. Uh, Matt Franciscovich, who's one of the writers for Black Book the last few years, former writer at NFL.com, he actually left NFL a couple years ago to take a job with EA Sports. And uh, he might be a fun person to get on the show and chat with because he is one of the people responsible for Madden oh, when Madden comes out. And all that or no? Uh, higher up even than that in terms of like he – I think he oh, manages okay. the people there. So there's uh, obviously, you know, all the Madden talk and things like that year over year. That's been an incredible thing to to watch develop over the years too. A game that we all love to play that became this phenomenon where there's tournaments and money and things like that involved. I kind of feel like if, if that was around when we were teenagers that – we might have even thought about, hey, look, I can make some money, mom. <laughs> this kind of thing. I can make some money playing Madden, mom. Just, yeah. just leave me alone. Let me play video games all day. <laughs> I, I don't think that I'm ever going back down that road of the video games again. The last I time never I thought did I would. Was, was Medal of Honor. That was it. Oh, okay. See, you know, as a kid, as a, as a college as kid, a kid, the last play, time, oh, college yeah. too. But I just now, I just don't. Metal Gear. Hey, when I was in college, PS2, Metal Gear, that was my game. I play that game, beat that game, play that game, beat that game. You get the stealth suit, you run around, do all these things. Uh, that was the last game that I remember being truly obsessed with. And then, like, you know, post-college, every now and then, you know, you play with your friends, it's over somebody's house or whatever. But I don't know. All of a sudden, I've been able – I've had time on my hands doing the oh, book. listen, now it's, anything yeah. is fair. It's, it's interesting that, like, first of all, I would normally poke fun at you a lot, like That's I always fine. do. But, but for this period of time, whatever makes you happy is – by all means, do it. And I would yeah. – listen, if you played this uh, – I keep calling it Crossy Road. But, uh, <laughs> Animal but, Crossing. Right. It's, I, if you, if it's, you had it's, to play for 10 a, hours a day, I'd be like – Let me tell you. You'll learn about the environment. You'll learn about uh, – Whatever I, keeps you busy, man. Well, the greatest thing about this – I'll be honest with you. The greatest thing about this stupid little game, my kids – we again, we play it as a family, which is fun too because – my kids don't play video games without me, which is so weird. Like you think like, dad, I'm going to go play video games. Leave me alone. No, not my daughters. They want dad to come play video games with us. Yeah. It's, you know, whatever games it was. And I tried to buy games that we could all play together at the same time and, and be a part of. And it's nuts because they've learned about banking because like you make money, you earn things. Then you take a loan out to buy your house. You start right. off in a tent. Then you make enough money where you can take a loan and you get you put it in the bank and then you pay off the loan. So they've learned about that. They've learned about the environment. They've learned about animals. They've learned they've built a museum. So like when you catch things, you bring it and then you learn things about the creatures there. And there's fossils you dig up. It's crazy. They're basically learning about the structure of society through this game. And it's just it's just neat that you've gotten to a place where video games have gotten to this point now. And it's crazy to think of e-games and, and esports being this huge phenomenon. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know it's still a huge thing. I felt like there was a peak of it a couple years ago, and it's kind of fallen back a little bit, as I thought it might be kind of like a fad a little bit. It, it feels like two years ago that was like a huge deal, well, not so sorry. much. I, I, Sports, like the people comp competitive video game oh, playing. Oh, no, I think it's still very active. It's still huge, but I don't feel like 
like it's not on TV as much as it was like a year uh, or two ago. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like it's like the poker that went from all in to not. But me, no, but it's there, not like maybe that, there right. was a peak. I think that's possible. I mean, you know, poker, that's a good poker was the one thing that went like, like out of nowhere. It was like the biggest thing ever, and then it was just like on at three in the morning, and that's it. Yeah, and that's where it started. It started at three in the morning. And three then, in the morning, and then all day, and then now it's back to three in the morning again. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, I, I'm excited for uh, the fact that we get to. Uh, I, again, I told you at the break. I feel like this is you and me at a bar without the without the alcohol. We're Pretty in a virtual bar, talking about sports, talking about life, and I kind of feel like that's what people want right now. They just I, want I hope so. to sit with their friends and talk, and I think we're their new friends. We're their new best friends, Craig. That's what we are. I hope so. There's another <laughs> show called Best Friends here on the air. Fantasy best friends. I don't well, know. I, we gotta get a hold of Sussman and see what he's doing. Who now. are the best friends nowadays? I don't know. Sussman's just like bailed on that thing. Well, Greg so. had a bunch of best friends, and now none of them are here anymore. So I don't know. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, I feel like Greg needs got to make some get, new ones. Well, Greg got married, so you know now that's, that's it. That's You're not allowed to hang out with your friends anyway, so that's what happens. That and watching these shows, making sure they're all good. <laughs> well, poor Greg. Yeah. I talked to Greg yesterday. Greg needs a cocktail. Somebody, some friend of Greg's. I would agree. Send him a cocktail. I, I, the I would man agree. deserves it. He is working crazy hours, doing crazy things. He is. And the draft, and the NFL draft a couple weeks ago in particular was such a huge undertaking. Great coverage, by the way, here on the draft. Yeah. I, I was super impressed. There was a lot of streaming coverage out here, uh, out there. Excuse me, I should say. And I thought the sports crew coverage was. Miles above anything going out there, and I and I think yeah, that's very exciting. Really good. Could you imagine if everyone was in studio and being able to do the things that we normally do? I know, I, but but even uh, without it, I thought that we did pretty good. I was really pretty, impressed with that. Yeah, pretty good. That's why you get on the grid, baby. Very that's good. You, Sorry. Here's the sell job. Sam. All right. Uh, again, a reminder: later today, Scott Farrell, his show Coast to Coast, is now live again right here on Sports Grid. So, if you want to call Scott, say hello, hit him up on social media or any of those things. Make sure you stay tuned. That's coming up a little bit later today. Joe and I will be back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. We got you throughout the week, and then of course we have a weekend edition of the show coming up as well. Uh, thanks again to Brett for uh, producing live on the show, Danny and Ryan as well. Also, thanks to O.J. McDuffie for coming on the show. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 11 a.m., on another edition of Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Have a great day, everybody. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.